In the fast-paced world of attacking, speed is everything. And that's where the Furon 7 Plus shines. Engineered for accuracy and precision at a rapid pace, it's your secret weapon on the pitch. Experience overall comfort and precise striking, even in the game's fastest moments. The nylon outsole, with its V-shaped stud configuration, is designed for firm ground, giving you the grip you need to outmaneuver your opponents. Step up your attacking game and learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Let's start with the uh, Packers and the Bears. Okay, I think that's kind of where we left off. Um, yeah. Aaron Jones was looking great. Like, he was looking really good. Right. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, he ended up getting hurt on one of his long catch and runs. Um, he out, he might be out next week, but let's see. You know, if he's out, I think AJ Dillon will be a solid RB2 in his place. Uh, but AJ Dillon didn't look particularly well. Like when Aaron Jones left the game, AJ Dillon came in and just uh, stunk it up a little bit. Didn't look too good. <laughs> I was going to say stunk it up. So that's good word choice. 100%. Yeah. Aaron Jones. I was really impressed with what I was seeing. You know, even with Jordan Love didn't look bad. You know, it wasn't like yeah. they were leaning all the way on Aaron Jones. It wasn't like he was the only person moving the ball. The offense looked pretty dynamic. You know, for not having Christian Watson too, you know, if this is the type of scoring potential they might have, and granted this is the Bears they played, they've historically owned the Bears. It just comes with being the Packers. But if this is the type of production we could see from the offense, and it's not just going to be like a middling offense, like we saw a couple games from like the Saints have plenty of talent, but they had a low scoring game. Like Titans had a low, they were in that game, it was a low scoring game. Like this, it could be a better offense than we were anticipating. So if Aaron yeah. Jones is going to be doing this type of thing, you know, in these types of games, he could have, he could really come through at his ADP, which was really low. For, he could have a big year. He was definitely undervalued. The good news is that the Packers' offense might not be a shit show. Woohoo! Right, like Jordan That's Love, like might away. be able to. Yeah, exactly. We might be able to, like you know, get some fantasy production, you know, out yeah. of this offense. Um, you know, Luke Musgrave, you know, he had a solid role. Right, three catches for fifty yards looked really good on four targets. Jaden Reed five targets. Romeo Dubs had five targets but caught two touchdowns. The reports were before the game that he was going to get limited snaps, but he ran the same number of routes as Jaden Reed, only three less routes than Musgrave. So, and if we knew that, then Dubs would have been a lot more higher in my rankings, and he would have been a lot in a lot more lineups. Okay, so yeah. uh, I, I don't think it's like super necessary to hold on to Reed, um, but I would like in a deeper league, maybe a fourteen team league or something like that. Uh, Luke Musgrave, he ran a route on seventy seven percent of dropbacks. Uh, which is pretty good, uh, especially for a rookie. So he's a hold if you have him, and he's a pickup if he's available. Yeah, 100%. I, I started Romeo Dobbs <laughs> in our league. Zach, I, that wasn't necessarily team. by choice. It might have been by injury about. warranting it. I had Christian Watson over, over him. I had I both it. of them somehow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, another side of the ball, two catches for DJ Moore. 
Absolutely bananas, dude. Jair Alexander, he was on him for about 60% of his routes. But what about the other 40%, man? The other 16 routes he wasn't covered for. Okay? Get your guy the ball. Like, I don't understand right. it. Like, these running yeah, backs it. were peppered with targets. But DJ Moore is not getting any targets, dude? Justin Fields threw the ball 37 times in this game. Okay, so that wasn't the issue. Like, the issue that we were – the one issue that we were worried about with just, with DJ Moore was that, like, oh, this offense isn't going to pass the ball. But they passed the ball 37 times. Okay, so that's not get, – go get the ball to your best guy. You know, I'm, right. I'm hoping that gets fixed. Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet each had seven targets. So if the target share does get corrected here, you know, I'm not sure how much – how viable these guys will be. But we know that they're good players, probably should be rostered. But, you know, DJ Moore has to bounce back, right? Yeah. And there's plenty of time for this to get fixed. You know, there's still 17 weeks in the season now because they're 18 weeks total. But for me, it's just like, did somebody forget to tell the Bears to finish their whole plan with adding DJ Moore? Because we've seen over the past few years, you get your third-year quarterback, a star wide receiver one, and then you throw to that wide receiver. They just left out that last step. They, they didn't forgot throw the to last him. Step. Yeah, they forgot the last that step. might right. be the issue. They should talk about that can you, during can the game you send, plan this week. Can you send uh, a Luke Getze an email, Zach? Just send him an email. You know, yeah, just let him know. I, but like, I have him somewhere know, subject, in my subject will be, hey, uh, you forgot the last step. And then just in right. the body, you can go and explain what, what, what what's going on. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was uh, just ridiculous. <laughs> Khalil Herbert started the game for the Bears, uh, but it legit turned into like a three-back committee after that. Uh, Roshan Johnson ended up with the most snaps because the Bears were down. He was their primary passing down guy. He was their two-minute guy, uh, which is good news for him. He had seven targets in this game on top of his five, tar- five carries. Uh, if he's available on the wire, you probably want to add him. He can get more work in this backfield. Uh, my guess is that it's going to take an injury uh, for someone to really emerge from this backfield at this point. I thought Herbert would have a stronger hold on this backfield, but instead of it being like a 1A and then a 1B, it's like a 1A, B, and C right now. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's going to be tough for me to start Herbert next week against the Bucks. He'll need big plays for him, you know, to make it happen, for him to be fantasy relevant. And, you know, he's shown that he can do that in the past. Uh, but right now, it doesn't seem like the volume is going to be there for him. No, and that was the concern about how this would shake out. And honestly, it looks like that's good news for Sean Johnson that they're using him in more ways than just the ground. They actually seem like they want to get him involved. And he's over Deontay Foreman in terms of usage. And he had more usage than Khalil Herbert did yesterday. So I think if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be one of those two. Like we had painted out this whole offseason saying it's going to be between Herbert and Johnson. But Johnson's worth a waiver wire pickup. I wasn't even considering Johnson having this type of week getting any work in the receiving game. And part of that comes down to the game script that they were in. They were down from the start and they were just playing catch up the whole time. But if they're playing catch up the whole time against the Packers, who I would consider still right now, even though they played well, middle of the pack team, is there a chance we could see them playing from behind more often than not this season? Yeah, that's going to be tough, especially if you have Justin Fields, at quarterback, the guy that wants to run. He threw 37 times. That helps also not only on the front for the receivers, but for the running backs as well. Because we talked about his passing attempts being way too low to sustain any type of receiver in this offense. That's one of my takeaways from this game. It looks like the passing might be there a little bit, but we'll see because this was playing from behind. Let's move on to the Raiders and Broncos. Nine catches on 10 targets for 81 yards and two touchdowns for the star Raiders wide receiver. No. Yep. 
I'm not talking about Devonta Adams. I'm talking about Jacoby Myers. Okay, Adams had nine targets. He caught six for 66. Pat Sertain did a very good job against Adams in this game. Uh, you know, Jimmy G got it done with Jacoby. Very impressive by Jimmy, you know, to be honest. You know, to be able to right. get his guys the ball. You know, he did miss Devonta on a couple of key throws. But I think he'll be able to get, you know, Devonta right in a better matchup for him. Right? I think he just – he had another capable wide receiver. And with Devontae shadowed, played play well, you know, Pat Sertain going into next year and like potentially Pat Sertain might have a just a monster year this year, right? So I'm not surprised. Um, but, you know, it's funny though, because Devontae Adams last year, remember what he said after after he's, he he did his thing against Sertain, he said like he's not there yet. And I'm sure, you know, Michael Jordan meme, he took that seriously. He yeah. took that, is that, is that what he said? I think it's, I, I took that personally. Something like that, wow. yeah. I, I totally messed that up, didn't I? No, I you're totally fine. It was up. close enough. No. Like, there have been was much it? worse I'm supposed to nail that. I'm supposed state. to nail yeah. that home. It didn't happen. That's okay. You know what I'm <laughs> thinking about right now? I'm thinking about drinking a couple beers in the parking lot tailgate of MetLife Stadium in a couple hours to watch my hopefully, Jets. And hopefully the road team doesn't come into MetLife Stadium and do your Jets like the Cowboys did the Giants last night. I'm, that's not gonna you're happen. gonna throw if you're gonna throw in a Jets comment, I'm throwing in a Cowboys comment. Sorry, had to happen. <laughs> but anyway, like you're saying, so, Jacoby Myers, the Patriots. No, I just want to mention one, yeah, ahead, one thing Sorry. though. Like the fact that more than 70% of targets went to Devontae and Jacoby, like is exactly what you want to see. This is a tightly distributed target share to the guys that matter, right? So yeah, and 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 I was gonna mention Myers head injury, you know, kind of scary. You know, hopefully he's mm -hmm. fine and he can return at some point, possibly out next week. I don't know, you know, but he should definitely be one of the priority ads on the waiver wire, you know, whether he's playing in week two or not. And, and because, you know, I didn't think that Jimmy G could like support these two guys, but it seems like it's possible. Number one and number two, like we know that Jacoby Myers is a good wide receiver. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that is also kind of playing into this as well. He's one of the overlooked wide receivers because that's the case. That's what we were talking about at the end of last season. Even going into last season, we we're like, well, Jacoby Myers, he's a good wide receiver. He was just in a tough situation in New England. Now he's in uh, Las Vegas, and I didn't really think this would be very fancy conducive for him playing behind Devontae Adams. But like I said, that Patriots lineage must have been flowing through their veins. Jimmy G and Jacoby Myers are both former Patriots, and that connection was there. So I wasn't expecting to see Jacoby Myers have this type of game. I don't think it's going to continue where Jacoby Myers is out-targeting and outscoring Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams will find his way with Jimmy G. But the good news is, it you said it, it's not just Devontae Adams and nobody else. It's not just Jacoby Myers and nobody else. He could support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers. And this wasn't that high-scoring of a game either. So, like, if they have higher-scoring games, which could be the case, Josh Jacobs had a quiet day, you know, so if the whole offense gets clicking, we could see more points for both of these guys. And suddenly, Jacoby Myers, he wasn't even on anybody's radar coming into the season. No one was even thinking about him, I don't think. Were you? Because I wasn't. I just think I, 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 was, I was fading him. Right. I, I just didn't. I, I thought about him. I thought about him, and then I faded him. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> there, there was nothing appealing. You, nothing stood out. It was like, well, maybe this would be a reason to target him. He was just kind of there on the board. But now, yeah. you know, just one week. We'll see if it continues. Hopefully, he can't come back from that head injury. I think he will. I think it'll be sooner rather than later. But if this can continue, you know, we're looking at two fantasy relevant receivers on the Raiders for the first time in a long time. I have uh, Jacoby Myers as number six in my waiver wire rankings. Okay. 
Right. So and we'll get to that here in a second. We'll, we'll kind of skim, skim through the rest of the games here. Um, I want to hit the Broncos backfield real quick. It was basically a split down the middle between Javante Williams and Samaji Pirine. Um, I think they're both solid starters. I think it's going to upgrade Pirine just a little bit because he was used at the goal line. He was a clear two-minute back. He was a passing down back. And he was also used a little bit on early down. So he's doing a little bit of everything. Um, now, it's very possible that Javante's role increases, right, as the year goes on. Um, but the fact that both these guys are getting targeted in the pass game, that's awesome. Sean Payton offense is what to expect. Javante had five. P. Ryan had four. Uh, P. Ryan ended up leading the Broncos in receiving yards in this game. So it's so a pretty efficient um, with his work in the receiving game. Um, are you looking at both of these guys um, as maybe, I would say, top – 28 backs next week. <laughs> I was going to say top 30. That's what I was going to say. So it sounds like we're on the same page here. You know, I'm not expecting top 27. Much. Yeah, something like that. 26. Okay. You know what? 31. I think that's what we're <laughs> Yeah, no. I'm looking at them pretty much in terms of what production I'm expecting from both of them. I think it's going to be very similar. I think Javante Williams has the chance to appreciate as long as he stays healthy. He's eventually yeah. going to take over the backfield. And that's the trajectory right now. Just as long as he follows that, you know, we'll be fine. Okay. But as of right now, they have the same value. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Greg Dulcich, he has a hamstring injury. Not sure how serious, but if he does miss time, I think Adam Troutman should be on people's radars. He was already leading them in routes. Um, he was targeted on 22% of his routes to begin with. So there is some streamer appeal here if Dulcich does miss some time. Um, I was really surprised with how little Marvin Mims played. Uh, little Jordan Humphrey. Yeah. And Brandon Johnson played over him. That I was like so that. disappointing to me, dude. <laughs> it was. Like, I'm personally dropping Mims right now. Like, it's possible that he gets back into the rotation at some point, but not a good sign, you know, with the opportunities right in front of him. You know, Jerry Judy out. You know, these guys were, weren't even on the team. They got activated from the practice squad. You know what I'm saying? Like, Brandon Johnson. That's not good. Like, I remember I good. saw the, the first touchdown go to little Jordan Humphrey. I was like, why is Russell Wilson throwing these guys? Like he's doing everything he can yeah. to avoid the throwing of the guys we want him to. Like, but then, sudden, but then you realize that he wasn't even before. playing, and you're like, oh, okay, like he hardly yeah. got any routes. I'm just like, yeah, there's okay, not even whatever. It, it makes Weird. Sense. Head scratching. Head scratching. Sean Payton. All right, m- moving on to <laughs> Dolphins and Chargers, dude. What a game. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of the Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. What a game. Like Love it was, it. we hyped it up and it was everything and more, right? It was everything um, Chiefs Lions was supposed to be. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But 70 points in this one. Miami ended up winning 36 to 34. Uh, Tua looked fantastic in this one. Tyreek, you know, won you your fantasy matchup if you had him. 11 catches, 215 yards, two touchdowns on 15 targets, resulting in 466 passing yards for Tua. Uh, Raheem Mostert only got 10 carries in this game, uh, but Miami just abandoned the run, <laughs> right? So yeah. Mostert ended up playing on 74% of snaps, which is awesome. He just didn't get too many touches. He did end up scoring, though. He saved your day with that. Uh, Miami was just pass first, pass often in this one. Uh, Waddle only had five targets, but still ended up with 78 yards. Uh, I wanted to mention Derm Smith, uh, tight end for the Dolphins. He ran around on 80% of Tua's dropbacks. 
Uh, he ended up with seven targets, second behind Tyreek Hill, just a little name to monitor. I'm not picking him up yet or anything. Maybe deeper leagues in the, in the waiver wire, sure, if there's like 16 teams in your league or something like that and you need a waiver wire option. Um, just just real quick thoughts on on the Dolphins overall, if I didn't mention just, it already. I, I said it. Tua could have top five upside. As long as he's healthy, this is what we can expect. And I also said it, that Tyreek Hill, if he's going to get to 2,000 yards, he's going to have to go through Tua. 466 yards in the passing. Passing in the opener is fantastic. This was an excellent matchup, though, too. We have to look at it that way. Chargers defense, we knew they were going to have trouble. And this was the thing we were worried about with Jalen Waddle. A lot of people were high on Jalen Waddle. But the issue that there would be is that Tyreek Hill is there, and there are going to be games like this. And we see it first thing out of the gate. This is what you signed up for if you drafted Jalen Waddle. He'll have his weeks, but this is like what you're going to be stuck with. You're going to be looking at the guy that has Tyreek Hill, and you're going to be like, hmm, wish I was Tyre- the guy that had Tyreek Hill. Must be Jalen nice. Waddle, yeah, <laughs> must be nice. But overall, both offenses looked really good. You know, outside, not just we're talking about so the I, Dolphins a whole I, lot here. I will so say, though, uh, with Waddle, like, I, I think, you know, when there are better zone, when there are teams that play a lot more zone, I think Waddle will end up doing his thing. Um, I yeah. did end up moving him down in my rankings initially um, from where I initially had him because of the fact that I saw that, oh, wait, like Chargers do play a little bit more man coverage than normal. So that's kind of why I downgraded him to Tyree Hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we did see Tyreek Hill catch a lot of stuff against zone in this game. Yeah. Right. So like when they did play zone, you did catch him. But then you saw a few a few catches, you know, in man coverage as well with the safety over the top. He still beat him anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, on the other side of the ball. Mike Williams got hurt early, came back in the game. He missed about 10 routes or so, 10 dropbacks, ended up with five targets on the day. Could have had a better game, honestly. Uh, Keenan Allen saw nine targets. Now, Eckler saw his normal five targets along with 16 carries. Josh Kelly was very involved in the run game. 16 carries for him. Uh, they kind of rotated their backs throughout, right? just like how Kelly Moore did in Dallas. right? So make yeah. sure to go pick up Kelly. Like He's also a priority add as well this week. I think he can have some standalone value. This is a good offense. So it looks like they're going to have more of an emphasis on the run game, and it looks effective. They actually have a run game now. Um, so Eckler played on 50% of snaps. They, he ran around on 57% of dropbacks. You know, it's not ideal that for him that Kelly has a bigger role, you know, for his overall value. He could vulture some goal line touchdowns like he did in this game, you know, like that one touchdown. Eckler did get the early goal line touchdown, but then, you yeah. know, uh, Kelly was on a little bit of a roll and he ended up with a goal line touchdown as well, similar to what we've seen in Dallas too, right? When somebody's on a roll, they got the goal line touchdown. Um, right. So what are your thoughts on this backfield? I'm not sure. I I, I want to say that this is just, yep, this is Kellen Moore coming in and this is going to be Josh Kelly coming in and making things making life difficult for Austin Eckler managers and Austin Eckler, you know, I want to say that, but I'm also just looking at like there were 80 snaps played in this game. That's a lot of snaps and I get it. Like it's a pretty even split down the middle in terms of, you know, their usage on the field, but I'm wondering if this is going to hold up for Josh Kelly. If there's fewer snaps in the game, this is high scoring, high octane, obviously the touches coming in the run game, you know, valuable, but Austin Eckler is still that guy in the passing game. He's going to hold on to his value that way. You can definitely pick up Josh Kelly. I don't want to say that you can't. You know, he's going to be a solid addition on the waiver wire if you can get him. But I want to see if this continues, if this is a trend and not just something we see at the beginning of the of the year because this was such a high-scoring, high-snap volume type of play, you know, this week. So we knew this was going to be a good matchup coming in. There would be a lot of points. And Josh Kelly got in on the fun, 
good for him. But I'm wondering if there are fewer points scored in the game, if it's a 24 to 20 type affair, are we going to see Josh Kelly getting as many touches in the ground game? I'm just throwing it out there. You know, I'm just well, going to temper you know, my expectations. The way I'm looking at it, and this is why we play in percentages, why we talk in percentages, right? And, and not raw, raw numbers, right? Because like right. A, a wide receiver can have, you know, like 10. Like, look at Zay Flowers, right? He had, what, 10 targets or 11, like 10 targets or 11 targets in this game? It was, yes. And it ended up being like a 50% target share, right? Uh, compared to Puka Nakua, who had 15 targets and ended up with a 40% target share, right? So, like, obviously the volume matters, but then when you play percentages, you're like, oh, okay, like, Josh Kelly literally got 50% of the carries, right? And Which is something that doesn't happen. And on top of that, he was being rotated in and getting carries throughout the game. This wasn't just something that happened, you know, towards the end of the game uh, in some sort of situation where Eckler was getting gassed or Eckler was, um, you know, this was a, a like a, a fourth quarter with them being up and they had to like just milk the clock or something like that. It wasn't that situation either. It was just being used differently. He was just coming in and he was getting, he was getting, he was running some routes. He was getting some carries and you know, usually when Eckler wasn't on the field last year, it would be a situation where 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 they're just like do have a different type of play call where Eckler might not have been involved. You know, on on you know in that Eckler had a much higher percentage of carries and and routes run. You know, in that compared to that running back room than he did in this game. So yeah, right. it is a one game sample, but given the fact that this looks so similar and how to how they use Zeke and Pollard um in in Dallas, I kind of feel like, you know, this is something interesting. And it also lines up with what Kellen Moore said when he first got there that, you know, that he did like um Josh Kelly. And, you know, he did he did allude to that a little bit. And, you know, right. I, I was like, all right, well, whatever. Like we'll see. Um but uh, it's interesting. I, I do have Kelly as my um, number four ranked waiver wire pickup this week, and we'll get into all those as well. This is the waiver wire episode, but it's turning into uh, another some takeaways. Uh, review, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, but there's so no much. Problem. Listen, week one is so important to get into the details, though, because there's we're literally setting the groundwork for the rest of the season here, right? So yeah. it's just really, really important to go through all this stuff. Um, that's why and- we're taking our time going through it. And we're looking at everything that was said over the offseason and seeing how it compares to what we saw, actually. So, like, yeah, there's and, so many different things. Yeah. The process to understand, right? Like, yeah. how do we come to those conclusions and were, you know, did it make sense or not? Um, mm-hmm. There was some hope that Gerald Everett could have a higher rap percentage, but but he didn't. Um, you know, him and Donald Parham are sharing that role. You know, they'll, they'll have their games, but Everett does not need to be rostered at this point. It's even a bigger split than it was uh, before. So right. you, you can drop them if you need to. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 